Welcome to the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what is going on in the world, how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name is Brooke. This is episode 93. It's the first of 2023. Happy New Year. Can yeah. we say that? Can we still say that? recording on the uh, 9th <laughs> like 10 days of late. January. Yeah, We're a bit yeah. slow here. Happy New Year and stuff. <laughs> It yeah. feels like a new season, though, have especially you, after taking a couple weeks off of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Have you had to write 2023 yet? I don't think I have. Yeah. I think I I've to, typed it. I had to do it the other day, and I did not mess it up. Yeah. I got it right. I was it, like, yes. It, is it different now that we type almost everything? Because I I remember, what did I say? especially oh, it was as like a, a school. Kid. It was like a school form I had to date. I'm thinking back to, yeah, school, and I'm thinking back to writing checks. Remember those things? Do you remember Ooh, checks? Checks. And you're writing the date, and you're like, oh, I wrote last year. Uh-huh. But I'm probably thinking more about school. Checks are the worst. I don't think I write the date much these days. <laughs> no? Okay, no. that's fine. I don't know. I was just curious. Uh, so what What are you, um, how, how was your break? Let's start there. How was your break? Man. We've had a couple of weeks off. We had, I mean, from at least from the podcast, you got, you had some time off after Christmas that we, the, the staff took off. Yeah, and, and I don't know how common this is for our listeners. I don't want to assume too much. I think I think there's probably a decent number of people that, get a couple days off, you know, around the holidays mm-hmm. because I'm married to a school teacher. Mm-hmm. She teaches at a, a writer high school. And because I have kids in school, I mean, my college daughter has a month off and then my other three daughters have two weeks off. Like everybody's kids that are still in school. So my wife had two weeks off. My kids had two or more weeks off, uh, because we experienced a, a Sabbath weekend, um, and I took a little bit of vacation time. We had well, almost two full weeks off. Mm. Um, I did. So I, I almost like sheepishly say that because I'm, I'm sure <laughs> we've got some listeners who are like, whoa, I wish I could take two weeks. Yeah, for real. Uh, we had a great break, a great break from work for me, for my wife. Uh, we got to see both sides of our family, especially hers. We Driving down to Houston's a little far for... right compared to at least seeing other family members that are closer. And so to be down there for several days and um, to take no work with me, and uh, it was really, really good. We had some sickness, probably like a ton of people um, that I know um, have, have had to work through. Uh, so that was no fun. Yeah. Welcome to winter, right? Yeah, I mean, for every sure. winter I just feel like, whether it's the flu or <laughs> something else, uh, we had strep and a couple, couple of family members, but... Fantastic break. I came yeah. back uh, last week to work. Uh, we all re-entered our, our rhythms here at, at, at Colonial at the office, and uh, you and me and others on last Tuesday, the, what was that, the third? Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. We were all off on the second, and then we resumed work on the third. And I just I came back with some energy and some health <laughs> and just so grateful, so grateful. How about you guys? Did you get to see family? Did you get to do anything special over the holidays? Yeah, I mean, we we didn't uh, travel a ton. My um, my family is over on the northeast side of Dallas, and so we we went over there on on Christmas Day, hung out with them, and then left the kids there, and then Kara Kay and I uh, oh, came oh, home. Oh. And so, how long did, were you without the kids? I mean, it was it it was seemed like forever. It was like three days, two and a half days, maybe. It was more like two days. Uh, that's a gift, though. But I, mean, yeah, I know no, you love your kids. Absolutely. And, and you probably miss them after yeah. about 72 hours. Yeah, ish. ish. But, <laughs> but what a what a blessing for a couple who's, you know, yes, in, the, was, in uh, the trenches every day with kids. It was a great it was a great Christmas present from my from my parents. And then and then uh, her her family came down, her her mom and dad and and brother and and our niece, they came down and, and we played Good. games and ate food and all that kind of stuff. And so it was very similar when we had very like, I don't think we were sick. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't run into a lot of that. We, we played a lot of games and we took naps and we watched football and, um, you know, we, we didn't do a whole lot of anything. Yeah. Um, and then right before coming back into the office, like you were like, oh yeah, I'm ready to go for like three days or maybe it was like the, the two days leading up to it. I can't remember exactly what it was, but like, I couldn't sleep. Like just not at all. Like just couldn't sleep. Is that because so your like, wheels were spinning? Or? Nope, nope, not at all. Just, 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 just awake. Physical... I'm not the guy that's like, I just can't turn my brain off. Like I don't have that problem. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, it's bedtime now. I'm out. And I was just awake. And 
So it was like, if you remember the first I remember you trying to form sentences that first day back. I was like, I don't know what's going on. It was just the weirdest thing. And and then right before coming back to work, I I found this this meme that somebody posted that said, how am I supposed to go back to work tomorrow? I don't even remember what I do. It's like, man, in the midst of my, like, I can't sleep and we just had some time off, like, I don't. That's hilarious. I don't know what 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 do we do now? How do we do this? That's what so, happens when you take some time off? For sure. So what is uh what you, as you you're always better at this than me, but um as you look forward to 2023, this brand new year, uh you're the the spiritual guy. I'm just kidding. So what what are you looking forward to with 2023 now? Now that we have <laughs> closed off 2022, which was an extension of 2021, which was the attempt to get past 2020 what's uh what what is in store for 2023 that is such a ginormous question <laughs> i love it um i i think <laughs> wow how do i articulate this specifically i guess um, when, when it comes to when the, it comes to, to yeah when it comes to politics and uh in our global uh no i'm just kidding when it, <laughs> i knew you were joking <laughs> specifically for i mean for you, what do you guys think for, about politics for in your family whew, it's starting off um interesting with your family with what we yeah. you know the church here what what that that specifically 2023 you know what um I, I i will speak about my family uh and what my perspective is on our church family uh there's there's definitely some overlap uh, I have been here now just over four and a half years, and uh, I know from, uh, not necessarily from experience, if I can be that honest, but from great mentoring over the years, that uh, it takes a while. It takes several years for uh, leaders. This is probably true for a lot of different endeavors outside the church, a lot of different industries, but it's certainly true for the organization of the local church. It takes several years for a leader to effectively um, get their feet under them, get some movement moving forward, uh, build trust. Um, I think um, that's, if I can give you one specific story, I remember asking one of my mentors when I was in my 20s, pastor I really looked up to, I was working with, his name was Bob, and I've talked about Bob before a long time ago, I remember. He uh, he was very methodical. He was very slow to act. And I remember questioning, as, as a brash young leader, questioning why he was not being more assertive or forceful as a leader about a particular issue um, with some other key leaders in our church. And he in his effort to mentor me, he took me aside and he said, you know, I, I only have, I have limited currency right now. At that point, he'd been there like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. He said, I really need to build up some trust before I, I really try to make that big change. And I said, you know, just a natural question from a young, naive leader. I said, well, how long does that take? Like, how, how long does that take for you, in your opinion, to really gain the trust you need. And I thought he was going to say, Oh, about six more months, <laughs> no, or another year. <laughs> right. And he said, Almost there. he said, uh, well, for everything I've read and the experiences I've had, um, it takes about seven years on average. Ooh. And I remember as a, whatever I was, 24, 25 year old, seven years, that's an eternity, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I don't have time for that. And that stuck with me. And that's been reaffirmed as I've watched leaders from afar lead and, and read books and, and talk to people. And so it's a long way of saying on a personal level, my wife and I celebrate that Wichita Falls is real, has really become home. Um, four and a half years. I, I, go, I drive all over town now without my phone map <laughs> app, right. you, know? you know where you're going now it took a while to get there you know <laughs> and grant i still have to look up addresses i'm i'm uh, you know i don't know where everything is but you know i don't have to i i have to get i used to have to get my phone out to find shepherd air force base or to find mm-hmm. uh united regional hospital i mean i'm talking major landmarks in our city yeah because i'm like oh, i don't usually drive there that often well, now I can, I can go there blindfolded. You know, I just, it takes a while. And so on a personal level, 
Will you let me know before you head to Shepherd Air Force Base with your blindfold on? <laughs> okay. Just so I can make yeah. sure I'm not in the way. It's the Braille method of driving. <laughs> um, feels like the road. <laughs> feels like I'm on the left lane. <laughs> um, and so my wife and I have talked about this. Like, ah, oh, she's been teaching a writer now four and a half years. She's just in the, th- she's leading the math department. She's not the new person. Mm. She's, she's mentoring some young teachers. Uh, our kids are just, they've got friendships. Um, it, it feels like home. So on a personal level, I'm excited about 2023. Uh, my daughter, uh, who's 19, sophomore at Oklahoma State, home for a month, Abby, uh, led us in worship yesterday, by the way. That was, a, that was a fun treat for Tanner to ask her to help out with that again. And I love that she calls Wichita Falls home. Hmm. She got to come home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. She voiced this. I hope you guys never move. I want to come back here and see my high school friends. I love coming back to Wichita Falls. She, her idea at 19 is that Carrie and I are here till we're, you know, 92 and you know, sitting on the front porch. <laughs> and I have no idea if that's God's plan, sure. you know, but th- that took a while to get there. So I'm excited about that on, a, on for the church level. Um, I would say, um, similarly, uh, I feel like I've got my legs under me. I feel like uh, there are leaders here that I have worked with that I've even recruited. Um, that um, I, I just I get to enjoy this this different season of running alongside. Now I will concede the pandemic. I think slowed everything down from a leadership level. Um, we've had some major staff changes. We had staff reduction this last fall anybody who's been journeying with us here at Colonial knows about with um, having to eliminate an executive pastor position, having to eliminate a spiritual formation pastor position and a facilities director, uh, the loss of Ron and Jordan as pastors. Um, in some ways, uh, probably the way it affects me the most in losing Jordan. Um, I think that's some big steps backwards. So 2023 in some ways is, is going to be a hard year, I think, of of adjustment, of um, job descriptions changing for our current team and uh, taking on some new things in new ways. But really, I think the overarching, I'll finish with this, the overarching thought is I'm, I have, I've said this to at least three or four people lately. I have not been this excited about the life and ministry of Colonial Church since late 2019. Mm. Late 2019, before the pandemic exploded, we had finished that kind of that dreaming together experience over the course of 10 months. And we'd had a task force of 12 people meet, you know, a couple times a month at length. We'd had outside coaching help us. We'd prayed a ton. We involved the whole church over the course of the summer in three big intentional, you know, times together. Mm-hmm. And we, we landed the plane with some clarity and some excitement of let's go, let's, let's take the, here's our, here's what we hear the Lord say, 20 year vision for our city, for our community, for our church. Here's some short-term goals to get us in that direction. Here's our mission statement. Here's, here's our radical minimums. This is the kind of people we want to become. And, and I'm, I am only now 2023 kind of re-entering that level of excitement Mm. of, okay, pandemic schmandemic, you know, (laughs) let's go, let's go. And, and, uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll stop there. Okay, cool. Some excitement. I, the overarching theme for me personally and for the church is gratitude and anticipation, gratitude and excitement. That's good. Yeah. Okay. We run with that. I think. Sweet. (laughs) Sweet. Thanks for letting me rant on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good. Um, you know, I think I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, that this year is, I think the word that keeps coming to me is, um, uh, as I spend so much time picking out my, you know, that wasn't the one, one word, what's your one word for the year? I don't, I don't do that. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm not that sentimental. Um, to me, it's like, um, recovery, you know, I'm hopeful for recovery for some of the things that my family is, is has been going through, um, that my wife has been dealing with, um, 
and and then and then even even for the church, you know, looking for um, as as you and I have talked, you know, the, the church was church was was headed, to, and I say church like with the, with the you know thinking thinking more of like American church, not necessarily colonial, but um, but colonial as well, you know, headed down a path that I think that the uh, that the pandemic really just accelerated. And uh, so I'm I'm hopeful that the uh, that, that that recovery is also something that that uh, makes a lot of sense for mm. for us as a church for um, church in general um, you know and, and not necessarily recovery of what we used to have but of of what God has us in, has in front of us recovery to a place where we can move forward and um, so yeah also I you know I'm turning over a new leaf um, I accidentally ate. Um, my first vegan meal, uh, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm not really. Uh, I I did accidentally eat a, a vegan meal, <laughs> but uh, you know. I was about to really yeah. ask a lot of questions. You know, I do, I do, I do a keto diet all the time, and so I'm always looking for like, okay, what's not breaded and and what's yeah. what's not handed to you know what what doesn't have the bread as the as the vehicle to get it to my mouth and. My uh, my family wanted to eat um, buffalo wild wings. So the one time we went out to eat <laughs> over over the break was uh, we went to Buffalo Wild Wings. You know the the uh, fine dining establishment, and um, they had something that I ordered, and I didn't really read closely and totally misunderstood. And and uh, it was like what were they like uh, ca- uh, cauliflower um, wings? So it was like it was like mashed the, the up. breading was cauliflower no maybe? that's what i thought oh, i thought like it was going to be cauliflower pizza crust is i thought is it was going to be chicken with cauliflower somehow on the outside but and instead, it was it was the other way around it was breaded cauliflower that was then fried no and i it it took me that's a few awful. it actually really wasn't all that bad that but sounds like you lost a bet <laughs> it doesn't it it was just like <laughs> I, I, I just remember i was like i don't i don't really think there's chicken in this you know a couple bites in i'm like there's definitely not chicken in this, and uh, so that's fun. Well, uh, fun. yeah. So I'm I'm becoming a vegan. Apparently, <laughs> my brother would be proud. Can, uh, not really. Before you transition, yes. um, can I can I go totally sideways here and tell you how? Because <laughs> I didn't just my, do that. That's fine. My I, I'd like to share this with everybody. My faith in humanity was restored. Ooh, okay. this is going to sound like a pretty pretty small thing. Okay, but it, uh, I don't know if I told you. Um, when we weren't recording the last lately uh, about my Six Flags experience, uh, I think I heard you talking about. I don't. I don't Maybe. remember. So share I, with us. Please. I took um, your faith in re- my faith in humanity. That seems like such a restored. stretch that your faith in humanity was restored. I've got pretty, I've, I've because got, of Six Flags. Like that sounds I know, right. That sounds hopefully like already the, a dream. You know, all seven hundred forty-two of our listeners right now are <laughs> are going. Where is this going to go? I cannot wait to hear. <laughs> so I took my thirteen-year-old Hannah and her best friend, right, um, Adeline. Okay. She's a doll. Um, they're joined at the hip. An actual doll, or she's a come to life real. She's a doll. Okay. Um, she no, they go to school together. They're really good <laughs> friends. They're always at each other's houses. Uh, but for her birthday, Hannah wanted to go to Six Flags in Arlington with her best friend. Okay. And so I scored major points with my wife. Um, I will say that unapologetically because she wanted me to take them. Yes. So I took them. Huh. Um, so a few Fridays ago, <laughs> she didn't volunteer for that job. No, no, she didn't. <laughs> few, I think it was a Friday before Christmas. Smart I move, took Carrie. the two of them to Arlington and I, I was amazing. I was on full blown, um, a plus dad mode. I rode all the rides with them. My only rule was if it spins, I'm not, I'm not going because I didn't want to throw <laughs> up. Uh, but I rode all the crazy roller coasters and, um, Mr. Freeze. If anybody's been there anytime lately, that's scariest old. ride. No, it, it's old, but it's the scariest ride I've ever been on. Okay, we went so fast, and it <laughs> it freaked me out. It was so it was so cool. Is it still like based on like Arnold Schwarzenegger? Uh, like, uh, I didn't see any of that. I was waiting like for Mr. the Mr. Freeze school. from Batman way well, back Mr. in the nineties. Mr. Freeze 90s. is from like the probably the forties, fifties, sixties comic books. So I don't right. know how far back you want to go, but I was looking for some <laughs> Arnold, yeah, stuff. Yeah, but I didn't see any. No, okay. So we did this whole day. The park closes at 8. It's 7.30, 7.35, and they want to ride the Shockwave. They want to ride this old double-loop roller mm. coaster that's super... They want, And it's the other end of the park. Mm. 
and the park's almost closing. And I should have anticipated this because, you know, they're kids. They want to squeeze in their last bit of fun. And so they want to run. I'm in terrible shape. So next thing we know, I am running through the park, cha- trying to keep up, to keep up yeah. with these two 13-year-old girls. And I'm not doing a good job. They're slowly getting farther away. And I'm literally thinking, end of the day, I'm finally going to lose them. I've done great all day long. <laughs> They're not going to wait for me. They're going to get slowly farther. <laughs> and to their credit, as you're blacking out credit, on the concrete, they, they realized they were losing dad. And so they'd wait for me and I'd catch <laughs> up. I'd make them walk for, you know, 60 seconds. And then we start running again. Uh-huh. Get all the way across the park. Took us like 10, 12 minutes of running. I'm gasping for air. I send them on to the ride and I'm standing there and I feel around and I cannot find my cell phone. Uh And my heart just sinks. I'm at this huge (laughs) amusement park with no phones. And I'm just so frustrated. And I'm like, it fell out while I'm running. Who knows where it is. Um, I have my fancy Apple Watch, which I don't really value. I've had it for years. um, And I just, I'm like, I don't need this thing. But I wear it all the time. And I realize, okay, I can find my device on my watch. Make a long story short, I find my phone... Um, but all it says on my watch is it's in six flags at Arlington. Like it doesn't give me, <laughs> and it's, it, I can even get directions go this way. I'm like, no, there's a whole ride in front of me. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't navigate you through an amusement yeah, yeah. park, you know? So I find there. out that I can send a message to my phone that says if, if found, you know, call this number. And so I'm just, I'm praying, I'm frantic. I'm waiting for these girls and my watch rings. And it's this lady, and she's she's screaming. We're in an amusement park. Everything's loud. She's screaming. I'm trying to listen to my watch. She says, did you lose your phone? I'm like, yes. And I'm like, where are you? She goes, I'm at the front gate. We were about to leave, but I have your phone. And I said, well, I'm waiting on kids to come off of a ride. How long are you going to be there? And she says, just tell me where you are, and I'll bring it to you. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like the opposite end of the park. I don't want you to have to do that. And she goes, no, 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 no. Just tell me the ride you're at, and I'll bring it to you. What are you wearing? And I explain, explain I'm wearing, of course, like a cowboy. Khakis. Stuff or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and so um, I'm, I'm just so grateful that it's found, and I'm, I'm curious who this lady is. Before my kids even get off the ride, it's 20 minutes pass. This is how far this lady had to go. This lady shows up. Um, looks about 30. She's got what looks to be like a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and an infant in a a stroller. Nobody else in her party. And she goes, is this your phone? Oh, my gosh. And she hands it to me, and I'm like, are you kidding me? You are an (laughs) angel. You not only walked across the park, but you traipsed these kids all the way. Like, are you kidding me? And she's like, oh, no problem. And I, I'd already thought before she got there, I have no cash. Yeah. I never carry cash. I was going to say, did you pay her? I'm like, I would have given her easily. I would have given her 50 bucks. I'm yeah, like, that's right. You know? And I'm like, I literally Those said out loud. Those kids need some McDonald's french fries or something. Yeah, right? <laughs> and, and I, but I couldn't even go with her to go do something because right. I'm waiting for my, these girls. Right. And so I even, I shouldn't have said it out loud, but I'm like, oh, I wish I had some cash. I would, I would love to give you money, something. Thank you so much. And she's like, just smiling real big. She goes, no problem. Don't worry about it. And she takes off. Hmm. And uh, girl showed up like 10 minutes later, the whole way back to the gate. I'm trying to keep my eyes peeled in case I just happened to see her in this sea of, you know, right. a few thousand people and never saw her. <laughs> but I remember just being so blown thank you, away. Thank you, mother of three at like, Six Flags. Like, I, I don't know this person's story. Yeah. But, and I know this sounds such a, like such a trivial story, but I, I just was grinning going, People don't do this, mm. you know. She could have turned it into the lost and found. I'll just turn it in at the front gate, right? You know, um, it's just the difference between walking into a store and someone going, "Oh, it's way down there. Take a right, take a left, take a right, take a right. Look, look, look for this." Mm-hmm. And the other person going, "Oh yeah, come here. I'll take you." Mm-hmm. It's just like kindness, mm. you know, and deliberateness. And I just was—I know it sounds like a silly thing, but hey. You it's, know. A be- it's a beautiful thing over the holidays. So it was a, it was a person that restored your faith, not six It was flags. a single mom of three who went above and beyond. That's awesome. To help me, yes. Well, uh, it sounds like she is a, she she probably understands how to be a friend. 
I'm just kidding. I'm not really. That's gonna... actually a really good transition. <laughs> I'm not gonna try to do that. <laughs> well, uh, we 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 got to get to this message here. Um, we've started a new series called Friending. Um, can, give us a, a very brief overview. What are we looking at for this month? Well, we're we started a series like you said uh, yesterday, and we're going to go a couple more weeks. Um, I just felt great about starting the new year. Um. In part, okay, full disclosure, in part where it's time to register for Rooted. It's time to to be intentional with our groups after a break, after the year, after the, the, the new year. And so, you know, shocker, as a leader, I'm thinking, okay, let's let's draw everybody's attention back to our, our very real need for community, our very real need for relationship. Uh, of course, as a leader of a church, I want to constantly fight for this is not about programs. This is not about activity. This is about relationships. Everything we do, you could call it spiritual if you want, but it's about relationship with God, relationship with people. That's what life's about. And so I wanted, I was already thinking, you, you know, our listeners probably know, yeah, if you go to church in the new year, you go to church at the beginning of the fall, they're probably going to talk about small groups. They're probably mm-hmm. going to talk about, you know, <laughs> reconnecting. And and you know what? I, I don't want to apologize for that. So full disclosure, that's where my brain was. And then and then looking at um, some of Life Church's teachings, which we've we've leaned into lately um, in the fall, uh, especially because we're doing some some creative stuff the next couple of series on our own. Um, I just found this and thought, oh my goodness, this is just good foundational stuff. It, it's not only a felt need, I think, for most of us to, to want to connect, to to want to be a friend, to have friends. It's it's a very deep, real need that humanity has been created for. Um, it's why it's why we we watch a old movie like Castaway with Tom Hanks on an island and he's absolutely miserable and just longs to go home. It's why we, we read stories or hear stories of, of people that, you know, are sadly just, they isolate themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, none of those are good stories. None of those are beautiful stories. All the good and beautiful stories, real and fiction, involve friendships, involve companionship, involve community. Um, and so as Christians, we, we are not, we are not surprised. We've got the, we've got the good book that, that tells us, yeah, yeah, you were made for this. Hmm. This is what it's all about. So that's what we're doing, uh, this month, uh, before we step into, um, awaken and our, our joint effort with other churches coming up. We'll talk about that. I'm sure soon too, but, uh, yesterday and the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about what it really means to, to need friendship, to, to be a friend, uh, the kind of friends we can look for, the kind of community we can, we can hope to be. Um, and anybody who says that's not centrally spiritual hasn't read much scripture, I would say. Um, so I'm, I'm eager to go there. Yeah. And you, uh, you, you kicked us off here with, um, the, uh, sunshine and rainbows scenario of, um, American life and friendships and uh, what that all looks like, or maybe it's just that bleak outlook of of your your statistics. That some of those statistics it that, is troubling, isn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, it it it's I, troubling where we are. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's the, you said um, that the average American has has two close friends, mm-hmm. um, which is down from thirty years ago. Which um, I, I'm 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 curious if you know what did that look like. 50 to a hundred years ago. Yeah. Is that, is that different from, you know, is that like, Oh, we used to have 10, then we had 15 or, yeah. or is it like, no, nah, there was like a, there's always kind of like this baseline and we've just dropped from that. But, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, what do you just, just for fun real quick. What do you think about that? Do you, I don't, I don't personally think the farther back we go, you know, a thousand years ago, everybody, the close, everybody had a thousand close friends. <laughs> Everyone. Like, like where, where do you, th- I mean, it's pure conjecture on your part, my part, but what do you, where do you think that was 50 years ago, hundred years ago, 500 years ago? Um, yeah, man, I think, I think if you, I think if you look at like the industrialization of, um, 
of the 1900s, late, you know, late 1800s. Yeah. You know, um, that, that probably is, you know, cause before that you had, you know, so much was agriculture and everybody spread out and then everybody starts, you know, moving towards the, the, the city. And I'm sure that's, you know, totally, uh, it's gotta be a factor. It's gotta be a factor to some degree, you know, that that's like, okay, well now we're all living close together and yeah. we're working different types of larger jobs, population that, you know, groups. larger population. Yeah. And so I would think that, that, yeah, to a degree going back for a ways that that would be like, yeah, that you had more friends. That doesn't mean you had like 10, 20, 30, 50, whatever. But, um, you know, cause I think we're all still human and you can only really connect with capacity. Right. That's what comes to mind for me. And then, and then I look at like how all of that has changed over the course of um, um, the, the 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 next hundred years or so, and I think it's just different, you know. Um, I think it 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 with the way that the world has changed, I think it makes sense. Yeah, you know, it doesn't mean that it's cool that it's good, but I think it makes sense. You know, I can't help but wonder. This is speculative. Speculative too. The numbers you already shared and that I shared yesterday, that's data. That's based on survey work. And But conjecture on my part, I can't help but wonder if, on one hand, like we talked about yesterday, social media and technology, on one hand, has allowed us to have way more quote-unquote friends. Mm-hmm. But because it's replaced, at least with our time and our focus, so much of that energy we would spend face-to-face, that we have fewer, I think that's arguably one of the reasons that that I even shared yesterday. There's that we have fewer close friends, is because of technology. It's replaced, not supplemented relationships. It's replaced relationships. But I also wonder specifically, in a unique pandemic, where, I mean, we we quite literally separated. You know, we we quite right. We actually social home. social distancing. Social distance. Who knew what that term yes. meant before? And so I'm, I'm, I'm speculating here because I have been, we'll talk about our own experiences in a second. I know I have, I have really good friends. I ha- I'm not only relationally wired and I'm a connector and I fight for that, but I have just been blessed. I think graciously in this life with really good friends, more than I think vast majority of people. I'm so spoiled and grateful for that. So for when we did social distancing, when we separated from everybody, I did not struggle with loneliness because I fought for those connections with a very short list of people. Mm-hmm. I don't mean 15. I mean my six or eight, yeah. you know. But what about the person, I'm speculating, who already had fewer friends because of so because of social media and technology and just, yeah, I've got... 427 Facebook friends, but just had fewer and fewer mm-hmm. really close friends. And then social distances, stays home, works remotely, all those things. I wonder if the painful reality for maybe some of our listeners, some other people we do life with, was almost like a a reality check of like, whoa, I don't really have any good friends. Mm-hmm. Or, or whoa, I, outside of so-and-so. I don't have any close friends. I wonder if it's been, it would explain why, um, you know, psychologists right now are saying that loneliness is off the charts. I know specifically for adolescents, because I've talked to a couple experts, even here in town, we talked about, you know, in our peace of mind series in the fall, loneliness is top of the list. Mm. Just this, this sadness and loneliness that so many people in our culture are experiencing, that's directly linked to this lack of friendships, you know? So I, we talked even offline a little bit ago about how the, pan, the pandemic maybe was an accelerant for some ways that the church has been really struggling, church with a capital C in our culture. Uh, I think the pandemic was also an accelerant in maybe our, our pain of loneliness. Mm. We just... We tricked ourselves before. Oh, I've got a lot of social media friends. Well, I see a lot of people at church. Well, I see a lot of people at right. the soccer game. But then to, to social distance, it's like a painful reality of, oh, wow, I don't have any close friends. Oh, you know what? I wasn't really talking to those people anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't really, they didn't really know me before. Now I'm painfully aware of it. Surface level interaction doesn't count. It doesn't count. Yeah. And it's, yeah. 
I can't help but wonder. I would. I know we got a little bit of feedback. I don't know if you want to yep. share that. I, I can't help but wonder. I wish I knew how our people were doing specifically, tangibly. If might even might even think about a, a survey. I don't know. Mm. My wheels are spinning about. Well, it was interesting. I mean, you you listed out, you know, why why are friendships declining? I don't know if that came from I assume that came from something specific. I'm not sure what it was, but um, increased work hours, uh, divorce rates going up, and the explosion of social media being the the main things that you listed. And so you asked, you know, what else? Or what do you guys think? And uh, so we, we did a few people, and uh, one said, um, I think they're declining a lot because of technology, specifically social media. Also think that uh, when friends go from being single to married, um, people mm-hmm. get busy with their lives yep. and friends become less of a priority. So even kind of the opposite of what you were opposite saying, of di- rising divorce, rates, rising divorce rates, it's a change of a change in your life, in your, uh, dyna- your relationship dynamic. Right. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So that, that's a, actually a great point that somebody shared with us. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was interesting. Another one um, says, uh, wh- what do you think about this in context of the, of the message? And it was a link to a uh, Simon Sinek um, clip uh, where he talks about millennials in the workplace, um, and and really he kind of he kind of lays out this um, uh, this that millennials specifically were they they have been uh, kind of dealt a bad hand where they have lower self esteem than previous generations due to parenting strategies to technology to environment and and, and impatience of the things that he lists out but. Um, basically saying that, you know, we, we already had, you know, millennials have already had this, um, this, this low self-esteem thing handed to them. And then we add technology and social media and phones and things like that. And they, as, as, as teens, as young kids, adolescents, um, they learn to cope with, um, with the likes or, um, you know, the comments and that, you know, we've, we've talked about this, you know, um, or we've, we've at least heard this talked about, you know, the dopamine hit that you get when somebody likes your photo. And, and so then you become, then you craft this image of what it looks like, but is that really, you know, and so, um, what he, what he talks about is basically instead of learning how to develop friendships when you are young, you learn to cope in a different way, and then you get to the other side of that, and you don't have friends to rely on as a... Um, you don't have that, that even that skill set built. that You haven't developed that skill set to develop those deep relationships because you, you did it the other way around. You know, uh, you talked about, like, it's a lot like alcoholism. Like, a lot of kids are introduced to alcohol in their teens, and it becomes this numbing... Uh, way of coping and just just getting by. Um, so mm. the, another thing, and I think I think the one thing I would I would push back a little bit on that is um, is that it centers specifically on millennials. And while that may be the case for them specifically, but I think even um, what is it Gen X? I think that's I'm on the borderline somewhere in there. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm despite I'm being me being called a boomer lately. But you're you're a boomer, right? I'm a Gen X. <laughs> Barely. I'm Gen X. Yes. You know, but it's like, it's like there's, there, I think there's, there's, there's more to it than, oh, technology is bad. Like it makes me think about, um, uh, you know, that, that, uh, technology is neutral. I'm not sure that ours is actually fully neutral. I think the algorithms and the, the, the dopamine hits and the understanding of what social media actually does to people, um, is not really, Oh well, it's just it just happened that way. I don't think they were fully yeah. kind of going out on a limb to try to right. wreck the world. I would agree, I would agree with you, but That's, that it is to a degree, it is relatively neutral. Um, it's neutral in the same sense you could argue that money is like right. Money, it, money is not evil. Right, money's the root of all evil. <laughs> you know, it's the love of money. The love, of, excuse me. Yeah, excuse me. You just made my point. It's the love of money. <laughs> yeah, it's so to to create an idol of it yeah. or to misuse it, apart from its purpose, mm-hmm. which is to be helpful and um, a tool. Um, that's where it can be trouble for sure. Yeah, and so I started thinking about like, okay, so what else? is there, you know, what else out there is adding to this? Because I feel like making social media the, ba- the, the, the boogeyman, if you will, 
um, is is a little too easy. Um, you know, you talked about uh, uh, divorce rates, and and you brought up a good point. Like, share with me what you were talking about as far as divorce rates and how that um, how that plays into friend. Well, I know the, I shared, the lack of friends. Yeah, I know I shared this yesterday, but specifically, I'll I'll, I'll make this a, 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 an experience I had. We had uh, a couple that was ten years younger than us. That um, when I was on Young Life staff, uh, I was in my early thirties with Carrie, and they were in their early twenties. And we recruited them to be on our on our Young Life team to to be leaders with our Young Life ministry and, and serve high school kids together. We went on trips with them. We ended up uh, becoming very good friends with them. We ended up neither one of us had kids at the time. We were there when we had our first kids. They had their kids. We had our kids. We we just just bonded. We moved to Colorado uh, several years later. Three months later, they moved to Colorado hmm. 20 minutes north of us. And I, it, it wasn't specifically because of us, yeah. but it was like a win-win for us relationally. Yeah. You know, they, he had a great job opportunity. Oh, man, the Joneses are there. You know, mm-hmm. And so we continued this friendship. And then we, we started camping together. We camped every year for mm-hmm. several years with just the, the four of us adults and our kids. Our families were expanding. And just dear friends, and um, one of those rare couple for relationships, couples out there know this is rare, where I wasn't just friends with him, and the wives kind of tolerated each other, or she that wasn't just the wives and right. friends. Yeah. All four of us really liked each other. Yeah. You come, know? come to this thing, I need you to be polite. Yeah, we all have relationships <laughs> like that, yeah. Um, and, and yet, all four of us really were friends. And you know what? Um, long story short, their marriage fell apart. Uh, it certainly happened over time, uh, but it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking to watch as friends, to be the conversations we had and, and the, the worst of that were, that were really difficult. And you know what? The end result, fast forward several years, we went camping last summer, my family of six and her and her kids hmm. because... This is this is real life, and 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 I'm talking as someone who wants to extend grace and wants to still be a friend to him. For example, he left the family. He he. It wasn't all his fault, I'm sure, but all signs point to he abandoned. You know, and even though I tried to still be his friend, and I I had I shared several meals with him over time and things like that, we drifted apart, and we took a side you could argue we mm-hmm. took her side we we continued relationship with her and her kids and so i lost a friend yeah i lost if if i listed my top at least 15 guy friends you know i wouldn't say he's one of my closest friends i've ever had but he was on my list yeah you know and to this day i haven't talked to him i've t- i bet i've talked to him twice in eight years now yeah and we don't text, we don't share social media connection, and we certainly don't spend time together. He mm-hmm. lives in a different state, and I live here. And and yet, she and my wife talk all the time. Occasionally, I, you know, I connect with with them mostly through Carrie. It's it's a it's an example, and I think it's a a common experience when we go through something like divorce. Is is we lose friends. Um, on the other side of that, I've talked to, you know, you could go to my, this guy, you could go, I'm leaving, I'm trying real hard to leave names out. You could go to this guy, um, that I've lost connection with. He has lost a ton of friends. Yeah. You know, now granted he brought most of that on himself. He knows that, but it's, there's loss there. Mm-hmm. And so part of the decline of friendships for sure, I, 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 I don't think I'd ever thought about it before recently is specifically related to divorce. Hmm. Uh, and it's, it's really sad. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It's not just the marriage that falls apart yeah. and the ripple effect on the kids. It's the ripple effect on all the relationships for sure. Yeah. I think I started thinking, you know, you know, the other one on the, on your list was, uh, the increased work hours and, um, you know, in, in our culture and society, just how much more it takes to make ends meet or to keep up with the status quo or the Joneses. Or, you know, when they moved to Colorado, now what do I have to do to be able to move to Colorado? I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, how much how much more 
more effort it takes to do a lot of those things. Um, I started thinking about um, the, uh, the the mobility of life now and how yeah. how years, Ooh, you know, yeah. 100 years ago, 150 years ago, that was really difficult. But now we could get a job and pick up and move to France. Um, I have no reason I would ever move to France that I can think of, but... Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, but it's like you could you could move. You know, my my wife and I we we met in Oklahoma, and then we moved to Fort Worth, and then we uh, and then we moved to California, where we lived two places in California, mm. um, and then and then we moved back to Oklahoma, and then we moved to Fort to to Wichita Falls, you know, and then we moved to a different place in Wichita Falls, you know, and so it's like. And I don't think your story is that uncommon. Either. No, I don't. Especially, mobility. especially if mobility. you're talking about a military town, you yeah. know, like that's not even that's not even to mention that. But it's so much easier to do that. Like I think about my some of my best friends are in Oklahoma and Arkansas and Texas. Right? It's not like mm. it's not like we're right next door to each other, you know. And that distance adds to the difficulty, mm. you know. I think about all the things that we add to our calendars, and you know, we've got sports stuff and something to watch and this this you know this uh this movie we got to go to or the show we got to binge or this event for work or um you know what whatever else it is and uh how much that plays into it or 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 nowadays how about politics yeah you know how difficult is it to be friends with somebody mm. that their politics is I think that's got a lot very the, different the, than yours the polarization of our culture which obviously it's a trendy term, but we've talked about that a lot the last yeah. few years. It, it it creates more and more difficulty to be friends with each other because we're just we're so easily offended. That uh, the unoffendable, yeah. <laughs> you know, book and and conversation speaks to that for sure. You know, um, a few other factors. I was reading a different study that that just I think these are all secondary, tertiary level impacts, but it's it, it speaks to the complexity of the decline of friendship. Um, you know, one study um, and the conclusions were, were there was there was some speculation on the on the conclusions of, um, you know, people and people people are marrying later than ever. Hmm. The the average age of men and women getting married is is way into the late twenties now. It might even be a little older than that because it just keeps going up, hmm. and and that even in itself has called has caused more more isolation. Um, you, just even that singular dear friend, you know, that companion, um, people are spending, according to this study, people are spending more time with their kids in, in these last couple generations than before. Isn't that a good thing? Like, isn't that, right. can we just celebrate for a minute? Right. That, I mean, that's, that's back to the, to one of the, one of the, the feedbacks that we got, you know, that, that you go from single to married and then you have family and yep. And if you're going to spend, being a friend with somebody else becomes you're less. You're going to be a really good friend to your new spouse. You're going to be you're going right. to spend intentional quality time, quantity time as well with your kids. Yep. Guess what the loss of that is? Yep. All the dudes getting together. Right. All the ladies going to mm -hmm. to do this thing or that thing. And so, uh, at, there's only so much relational energy and time to go around. I think that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I thought this was interesting too, in part because. If I can, I'm just going to throw this term out here and people may or may not even know what I'm talking about, but adolescence has stretched so much. Mm. You could go back to early 20th century and adolescence was like 13 to 15. Mm. <laughs> like you got a job, you got married yeah. at 14, 15, 16, early 20th century. All the way to now, adolescence is starting 10, 11, um, all the way until, if you want to argue, when a, when when an adult is no longer their their parents aren't paying the bills, mm -hmm. they're not living it with their parents. They actually have their feet completely under under them. That's late twenties now for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So think about that spread of adolescence. One of the things this study said is um, in 1990, 17 percent of young people. Um, said that when they have a problem, they go to their parents. Uh, last year, 36% of young people, when they have a problem, go to their parents. So it just speaks to, okay, we've got this longer period of, of connected to our parents. 
we just have less independence and and then therefore connection with other people our own age and friendships and there's just it speaks to oh my goodness there's 17 reasons mm. you know um, I do think technology is one of the bigger ones um, and I think um, I'm so glad to hear you say that that single person probably you know sent that specific man I've, I've, I've seen my friends get married and Hey, what happened to us? <laughs> I think that's a common story for yeah. a lot of people. I think it's just a it's a mix, you know. Like it's a mix. I, I think I would argue that in my life, technology has not played as much of a part in in it as moving or work or mm. um, you know calendars, kids, family has played far more into it than yeah. than being depressed because of social media. Yeah. Um, but I'm, you know, I don't use social media all that well. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I am getting old. Um, so, so then if, if, if we, we know this is the issue, then, um, you talked about rediscovering the, the lost art of friending. So what do we do? How do we go about fixing that? Well, at the risk of repeating myself from yesterday, I think, you know what, I'll say it differently. On purpose, I'll say it differently. Name a relationship that you value that got dropped in your lap, that you backed into. And I don't mean initially. I think we back into all kinds of things initially. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, um, I got lots of but, those. But the, be- the closest relationships you have, including with, with Care K, your wife, mm-hmm. how much work does that take, you know? God, with her, jeez, <laughs> set that up for you. But how much, how much intentionality is required? How much risk is even taken? Yeah, to be vulnerable yeah. to let someone really see you. Right. Um, I've got Avatar in my brain. I see you. Um, and I think that's the answer. I, I don't think it's rocket science. I think, I think, be present, get open. That you know, those two tangible things. That's. It's like, don't overthink it. Like, if, if you don't put yourself in the physical proximity of someone else, don't be surprised when friendships don't develop. You know? Uh, if, if in church terms, if you refuse to be in a group, if you refuse to, to invite people from that auditorium, everybody sit in rows and look one way experience, and if you, don't, if you refuse to invite them out for a meal... If you refuse to to serve alongside them, if you refuse to again be in a, a living room group experience with them, to go through some kind of shared experience in physical proximity, should you be surprised you don't have relationships in the context of church? Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same with your neighbors, with your coworkers. If you go to work every day and you don't specifically eat lunch with them or specifically do something after hours with them. Um, specifically introduce them to your family. Over time, should you be surprised that friendships, real friendships that you value are not being developed? So I think physical proximity matters, being present. And then, of course, the whole other level beyond physical proximity is letting them, really letting people in. And I think if we if we do that, in fact, I'll, I'll speak to this. I, I have done that. You know what? Let me get real. I have done that. I have taken some risks with some pastors here in Wichita Falls. New guy in the community four and a half years ago. Um, yes, I have friends that are developing in Colonial. Yes, I have coworkers and elders um, that I'm, I call you a friend, for example, Brooke. We've, we've mm. not only worked, well, <laughs> I call you a friend. <laughs> Funny guy. Sorry. Um, I really do value your friendship. And yet, I have also taken some risks with some pastors from other churches here in our community because they get me and I get them in a way that nobody else does. Mm -hmm. And I don't answer to them like I answer to our elders, and I don't have to impress them with anything. And I've taken some risks, and I've I've reached out, and I've spent time. I've gotten, I've I've chosen to be present with them. And you know what? The results are mixed Hmm. because one or more of them already has plenty of friends. Yeah. One or more of them 
doesn't need what I need, at least in this season. Uh, one or more of them is not wired like me, you know, doesn't value it as much as I do maybe. But then on the flip side, one or more of them, in fact, I can think of at least a couple that have turned into my probably best friends here in town, yeah. you know, because I have chosen to be present and I have chosen to, to get open with them and take risks. And um, they haven't been, uh, what's the opposite of attracted, repulsed by my vulnerability. <laughs> they've been attracted to it. They've, yeah. they've said, I want to hang out with you because I want to be real like you're being real. I want to, I want to share in the burdens and confess our sins to each other and, and lift each other up, encourage each other and empathize with each other. And so I just don't think it's rocket science, Brooke. I think great intentionality and humility and um, risk is involved along with, I, I guess I probably didn't say this yesterday. Um, I think we need to understand that it doesn't, it's not always reciprocated that, you know what, why, why do we not risk loving? Cause we've already risked it maybe. And we got burned, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I think about my kids. In fact, this grieves me. I think about watching my kids as part of watching kids grow up. I've seen them get hurt by other friends or betrayed or, they maybe like somebody more than that other, you know, person likes them. I'm not talking about romance, I'm talking about friendship. And they get burned. And so they pull back and they refuse to get vulnerable. They refuse to take a risk. And it grieves me to watch how hard that is for them. That's probably true for a lot of our adult, you know, context is you got to know that even being present and getting open, I should have said that yesterday, it's going to be painful. Because yeah. not everybody's going to reciprocate that or know what to do with it even, mm -hmm. you know. And yet, it's like casting a net for fish, you know. You you be present and you get open with 10 people, you might get a friend out of it. Yeah, You might get a dear friend out of it, you know, along with the rejection and the apathy and the, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Does that resonate with you, the, the mixed results maybe? Yeah, I, I can think of uh, intentional uh, attempts. In, in our time here, um, you know, and not just here. I mean, I can think of, of, of other times as well, you know, where where e either I or or my wife and I together, you know, really just said, you know what, we need to we need to put some time into this. Like let's try to let's try to really like do this and and then it not be reciprocated. Or um you know, it's not really what that other person was looking for. Um you know, uh, I remember one time somebody explained that they 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 weren't looking for everyday friends. Mm. I was like, yeah, see, it's just it's just it's mm. not. Yeah. They weren't looking for the same thing, and and um, um, you know, so it, it, I, I yeah, I think it's uh, that's interesting to say. You know, you have to cultivate the ground, I guess, in in a lot of different ways, and mm. you're not going to get all the crops. Yeah, but. Man, I, I, that's such an important point. I, I hope anybody who's stuck with us long enough today <laughs> to get to that, that's, I, I, that may be one of the most important points I left out yesterday. I think it's important to, to, to embrace is we're still sinners. We're still really different from each other. We have different needs in different times of life. Yeah. Um, shocker, there's probably a brand new guy in town that wants my friendship and even needs my friendship way more than I need his right now. Cause I'm like, ah, four and a half years in, I got some good friends, Yeah, you know, and I need to be sensitive. Maybe that's one of the convictions for me. I need to be sensitive to, okay, don't forget where you came from mm -hmm. looking for those kind of friendships. You've been blessed with them to some degree. So, yeah. Well, and then it's the other, then there's the other side of that coin of opening yourself up and, and being too much to too many. Yes, is a, a whole different. Well, it, you know what it, you alluded to that early on in our conversation today. There's still capacity. You know, mm -hmm. um, I've heard different numbers thrown around, but some people say, you know, you can really only be a decent friend to uh, 15 people. I've heard 20 people. I heard somebody say you can really only have 100 ish relationships <laughs> in general. Yeah. And I don't know what the numbers, but there's there's a implication there. We all have limited capacity. Yeah. Um, guess what? Shocker. I don't say this to 
to remotely brag. I can't remember now. I have like 2,000, 2,500 Facebook friends. Guess what? They're not all my friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I happen to have a spotlight role like some people do. And I all I can tell you is, yeah, I said accept. Yeah, I said accept. Right. Yeah, I said accept. You know? And then I move. And to your point and you earlier, all over again. I'm like, I've got different people that I, I want to be their friend and right. I want to have real. And so, um, but I think I've just come to a place in my life that I'm like, I know I'm not like, I literally went through, uh, Facebook and removed some folks. Cause I was like, ah, we're not in any kind of relationship at all. And, and maybe that was, you know, just me being petty or something. I don't know, but I don't know. So okay, so uh, we we've got some more weeks of friending coming up. So we're, we need to we need to wrap this up. Um, looking forward, uh, obviously we have a few more weeks of this, and then February. Give us about I don't know thirty seconds to a minute. Give us about thirty seconds to a minute on what awaken is and what's coming up in February. I'll try to be really brief. It's our second year to do this. The month of February, we are going to be fasting and praying along with several other local churches here in town uh, for our city in general. But you know what's the main thing that I want to share, especially because I I think a chunk of our listeners did this with us last year. But um, we specifically last year said, let's pray for the city. So if you participated, if anyone participated in Awaken at all these different churches, we said, hey, here's here's some strangers' names. Here's a bunch of people that live somewhere in our city. If you pray for all those names and he prays for all these names and she prays for all those other names, we're going to pray for the whole city. And I love that we did that. That was great. But call it what it is. We prayed for strangers, you know, so to speak. This year, we're, we're tweaking our focus, all the churches that are participating. Um, so for, for here, us here at Colonial, if you participate in Awaken, if I participate in Awaken like I will, we are going to actually pray f- over our sphere of influence, so our respective spheres of influence. So I don't want to. I don't want to get into the details, but bottom line is, who do you live next door to? Who do you work with? Who do you, um, as you like to say often, Brooke, rub shoulders with do, yeah. frequently? And and you're going to have a little chart. You're going to have a little very focused list of a short number, short list number of people by name that you're going to be praying for. I'm going to be praying for mine. She's going to be praying for hers. He's going to be praying for his. And the whole month, we're going to be fasting and praying that we will see God at work in those relationships, in their hearts and minds if they don't know Christ, um, the needs they have met uh, by the Lord. And so, um, and then the whole month, spoiler alert, we have daily devotionals that everybody in all these churches is going to be experiencing on their own individually. They're all through the gospel of John. They're written. I think this is so cool. They're written by people from all these churches. So we have a handful of colonial people that already participated in the writing. And so one morning you'll read a a devotional, a daily devotional written by so-and-so and and they go to grace church, not grace. That's a a example of church that, that we're not doing it with of, of uh, one life the the next day you'll read um a devotional written by someone who goes to 10th and broad church in christ and right. the next day you're like oh i know him yeah he right. goes to colonial and it's and so i love even the tangible evidence of partnership of all these churches um that's probably enough yeah little spoiler alert too i am going to be trading this is an old school way of saying it trading pulpits <laughs> with one of the pastors at another church. So we're going to have um, that particular Sunday. He's going to come over from his church to ours, and I'm going to go over to his church. And simultaneously, we'll be, we'll be teaching. And, uh, and just one other little way, yeah. but I think significant way, of us saying we're not the only church in town. We care about our friends and neighbors and coworkers, and um, we, want, we want to see the kingdom advance and people to know Jesus. And, um, so... Cool. Well, that's good. That's coming up in uh, in February. We're going to keep on with friending, so we'll get back to that. Um, we're going to wrap this one up here because we've already talked for a little while, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a uh, a statement, and then you're not going to have a chance to uh, uh, to respond. So, um, 
I have never seen Castaway and Avatar was really boring. This has been the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information about Colonial at colonialchurch.com or from the App Store, the Google Play Store, where you can get our app. We would love to hear from you guys. So if you're talking about friending and you, your, your experiences, we want to hear about it. So, you know what? Friendship's uh, no. off, by the way. <laughs> That's fine. It's That's over. fine. You can send us your questions to podcast uh, or your feedback, podcast at colonialchurch.com. Thank you for listening, and we will pick up the conversation again next week. See you guys. See you guys.